0: Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher. All. I'm at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I trust you and your household are doing well and are blessed. Now, we have been talking the last 10 lessons about grace and just to give you a foundation on what grace is all about. And now we are going to go into the subject of faith. Now, uh, where the intellect, where, you know, I had said earlier that grace and faith are interwoven and, and they're linked. Now, You have to understand this, that uh, all that God does in our lives, God does it using grace. So you can put it this way that there's two channels, like two pipelines and God's pipeline through which he pours out his life and blessings into us is called grace. And our pipeline is called faith because faith is what we use to acquire what grace provides. So what happens, let me put it simply here. So you take God's pipeline, which is called grace, and you take your pipeline, which is called faith. And when you put grace and faith together, then the blessings and the life and the miracles of God can flow through us. So everything that God does for us, he does for the undeserving. God never did anything for anybody because they deserved it. But everything that God does for us, he does out of his love for us, out of his mercy, out of his goodness, and is totally unmerited. We could never, ever do anything to earn it from him, but he does it because of his nature. And of course, the first and the greatest gift he gives to us is the gift of righteousness, which he gives through us through Jesus. And that makes us uh, accepted by him. That gift of righteousness enables us to be accepted, you know, to, to stand in his presence and thank God for that. That's the greatest gift of all, the gift of righteousness. And then come all those other gifts. But everything that God does for us, he does, he, he, he channelizes them to us through grace and then we respond to him by faith and, and we receive those blessings from him by faith now uh but here's the thing ephesians 2 8 says that by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of god this is interesting because it says that everything uh, i mean that that we are saved by grace by grace are we are you saved through faith but even that faith with which you receive his grace is not ourselves even that faith is a gift of God. So even at the giving and the receiving end, everything is from God. So it's like this. For example, uh, somebody, uh, say, for example, your father uh, wants to, he has a house for you, but he wants to sell it to you. He won't give it to you. He wants to sell the house to you. And uh, he'll set a price for the house and he really wants you to have it. And he, you, you, you ask dad, how much does the house cost? And he says, they say like, million, and you say, but dad, I don't have the money. So what he does, he gives you a check for $10 million as a gift. And you take that check to him to buy the house from him, if you understand what I mean. So God gives us grace and we have to respond by faith. But even that faith with which we respond to his grace is a gift of God. And so I'm also going to share with you in the subsequent subsequent lessons as, as we get to the study of faith is how to receive this wonderful gift, this wonderful quality called faith, how to receive this faith from God and, and how it works for us and makes all things possible. So this is going to be an exciting study uh, because faith is connected to God's grace. Okay, faith is not, uh, as we in Swedish we call it, prestationer that means... Uh, Faith isn't, isn't performance, that's the word in English. Faith isn't performance, but faith is responding to God's grace. Remember that faith is never your performance because your performance is works. And our works, even the best of our works, when we come before God with our own spiritual gymnastics or our works, they are all flesh and Paul says they are filthy rags. So our works are nothing, but everything is by grace, but we, we will talk more about those things. This is going to be uh, is to teach them faith is one of my uh, is, is one of my favorite subjects and I trust you will learn a lot and be blessed to it now, but I want to start because since we were in the a lot in the Old Testament talking about, you know, and in the New Testament and we talked about Abraham. We talked a lot about Abraham and all that now I want to share with you what faith did for Abraham and what faith did for Abraham it does for us also and I'll explain to you why in, in Galatians 3 7 to 15 it says even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness it says that Abraham he had one thing he had faith he believed God and because he believed God he was declared righteous then it says therefore you should know that they which are of faith The same are the children of Abraham. So it says that Abraham believed God, you know, when God spoke to him, that's what happened. Uh, God spoke to Abraham and Abraham's response was that he believed the word of God. He believed the word that God spoke to him. And when God uh, saw that Abraham believed what he had said, he declared him to be righteous. So it says that in the same way, we, when we believe the word of God, we uh, are counted as the children of Abraham because we are, we are also people of faith. Then it says, verse 8, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preach before the gospel unto Abraham, saying in thee all nations shall all nations be blessed. Now this is, this is interesting. It says that God, uh, you know, the scripture you, you know that God knows everything. He even knows the future. So it says that the word of God, the future, could foresee that one day God would justify the heathens by faith because until that point, God's plan was only for the Jewish people. But the scriptures foresaw that God would, would, God's plan would extend to all the nations so that all the heathen would be justified through faith so through faith all the heathen would be justified so all you know the doors to god's presence would be open for the gentiles also and they could enter in through faith so uh, the gospel the word of god was preached to abraham god actually gave the gospel to abraham saying that abraham in you all nations shall be blessed hallelujah so, you know, some people, yeah, you know, they say, uh, I heard somebody say, preachers say on TV, well, God says, whoever blessed you, actually it's the same scripture, you know, in the Old Testament, God says, whoever bless shall bless you, uh, I, I will bless him. Whoever curses you, will, well, I will curse. And he took that portion of the scripture and he basically said, well, that's God's foreign policy statement and everything who God is for or against in the world today. It depends upon Israel, you know, the state of Israel, but that's not what he's saying because I mean, that's a very narrow-minded view of scripture because Jesus died for everybody. doesn't matter who they are, They, they can, what race, what nationality, what religion they are. Jesus died for everybody because that verse, you know, where it says that. Uh, whoever blesses you I'll bless whoever curses you I will curse that's not the whole verse if you read the whole verse the whole verse says whoever blesses you I will bless whoever curses you I will curse and through you every nation shall be blessed so it is that verse doesn't give a thing of exclusivity that God only cares for Israel and for nobody else but that what it's basically saying that I will bless you but then it says through you all nations shall be blessed and that is the scripture that Paul is referring to that God preached the gospel to Abraham and saying that to you, all nations will be, will be blessed by faith. Hallelujah. Thank God that God isn't an exclusive God and narrow minded God who excludes people. But God's heart is so big that includes all the nations and he welcomes all the heathen, everybody into his kingdom. And when we we are Welcome to his kingdom. We are all grafted into that olive tree and we all become one family, whether they be Jew or Gentiles or Arabs and all that. And, you know, all this that is happening in the Middle East. Listen, let me say this to you. It is only through Christ that these Arabs and Jews can embrace one another as brothers. It is only through Christ. There is no other way. But anyway, I'm not going to go into that. But my thing is that God preach the gospel to Abraham. He says, Abraham, whoever blesses you is blessed. Whoever curses you will curse. But I'm going to tell you something through you, all the nations will be blessed through through the faith of Abraham, because Abraham believed and he was counted as righteous. So those heathen people like me, who were so far from God, and uh, we were outside the Commonwealth of Israel, we had we were without hope in the world. But the Bible says that we who were far have been brought near through the blood of Jesus because we believed. So God said that those who believe, who are of faith, are the children of Israel. And you and I, I don't know what your background is, but whatever it is, whatever color, whatever nationality you are, if you are in faith, if you believe the word of God, if you believe in Jesus, you believe are children of Abraham. Abraham has a much bigger family than we thought. Uh, The Jews are the biological children but his spiritual children are all those who believe in Jesus Christ and believe in the word of God no matter what their nationality is. And there's many, there's millions who are still outside the fold. And that's why we must preach the gospel and preach to them so that they also believe and they all come in. And then ultimately we will all gather together in the kingdom together with Jesus and we will worship him together. That is God's salvation plan and that is what I am part of. Hallelujah. Anyway, so it says verse 9, it says, so then they which are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. It says verse 10, for as many are of, as are of the works of the law are under the curse. That means those who are under the works of the law. It means that those who choose to live under the works of the law, who choose to uh, not receive the grace of God, but it choose to live under the works of the law, it says they are under the curse. In verse 10, for it is written, cursed is everyone that continues, not in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. This is interesting because it is the book of the law that points to Jesus. So it says that those who does not listen to the law, which points to Jesus? He says they are under a curse. Who, but who choose to uh, live under the law of Moses and not seek their salvation through Christ? It says they are under a curse. But he says, verse eleven: But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, because it is evident for the just shall live by faith. We have life because of faith. The just shall live by faith. Verse twelve. And the law is not of faith. The law is not of faith. The just shall live by faith, but the law is not of faith. But the man that doeth them shall live in them. Then it says, verse 13, But Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. It says that Jesus, he has redeemed us from the curse of the law because he was crucified for us and he became a curse for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. He took our place and bore that curse so that we can be blessed. Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. This is God's plan because that God wants that the blessings of Abraham, you know, all the blessings that God has promised Abraham, they are not just for his biological children, but they are for those who come to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Uh, And even the Jewish people, although they are God's people, they can only inherit the blessings of Abraham by faith. It doesn't come by simple biological, biological thing, but they also have to come to the door because Jesus said I am the door uh, and, and, and uh, one can only come into the sheepfold through the door and Jesus is the door there is no other door and that is why that is why this is a reminder we must preach the gospel to the Jewish people also and to everybody else but it says that that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles to Jesus Christ we who were Gentiles we who were outside God's blessings uh, want, God said, I want the blessings of God to come upon you through Jesus Christ. And that's why we are so grateful. We are so grateful that the blessings of God and the blessings that God has promised Abraham, the blessings of Abraham are upon us because although we were Gentiles, we have faith in Jesus Christ. And so the blessings have come upon us. Now, Then it says, verse Ephesians 2 8, and I read this scripture to you before. It says, By grace are you saved. I'm repeating a few things. By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So it says, By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. I have explained that to you before. So I want to tell you four things. Firstly, that uh, the first thing is that grace precedes faith. In other words, Grace comes first and then faith because I said that faith is responding to that which grace provides. Faith is what we use to respond to God's grace. God gives grace and we respond by faith. So because for that to happen, grace must come first. So God gives grace and we respond by faith. So firstly, grace comes before faith. Third, secondly, faith is man's response to God's grace. You know, some people have made faith to be a thing by itself. It is something you do to a certain, you know, to like, it's almost like you manipulate God. You push some buttons, press some levers, and, and there's, there's some spiritual laws you set into motion by doing certain things, and then it's almost like you are a God and you make things to happen. It doesn't work that way. Faith is simply. Man's response to God's grace. That's what it is. It is not you or me trying to create something on our own unilaterally. Uh, But, uh, you know, this is one thing that people accuse faith preachers of. They think that we preach, that we believe that we are like gods and we do our thing. No, we are not that way. Faith responds to God's grace. Faith always looks at what Jesus has done for us and we respond to that. To take a hold of that. Now, thirdly, even the faith with which we respond to God's grace is a gift of God's grace. As I said earlier, by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves is the gift of God. Fourthly, without faith, without faith, grace, no matter how great, has no effect, no fruit. Faith is thus an imperative. That means that it doesn't matter how wonderful, how amazing, how great God's grace is, if we do not respond to it by faith, nothing will happen. Miracles don't just happen by chance or by accident. They happen when somebody stands up and responds to God's grace by faith to receive that's when miracles happen. So that's why I dare say this, that without faith, even the most powerful, wonderful grace would be without fruit and without effect. Now, now the next thing i want going to say is that faith is an imperative. It is an imperative. In other words, it is a must. Hebrews 11, verse six, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So it says three things. Firstly, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now, in my Swedish Bible, it says without faith, it is impossible to reach God or to touch God. Without faith, it is impossible to touch God. We cannot touch God. Without faith, it is simply impossible. We cannot touch God by being a good person, by being a kind person, or having a lot of other good attributes and qualities. But it says without faith, it is impossible to touch him or to please God. So faith is what we use to touch God. Faith touches God. So. So we have to understand this. Because of this, faith is a must. It is an imperative. You can't get around it And uh, uh, by saying, well, we don't need faith. Faith is not important. Faith is important. But, and you know, many people, they, they define, you know, it's all in the semantics. It's in the, it's in the words they use, you know, how they describe faith. Then they often, they're attacking each other. Well, his definition of faith isn't right, or it is good, but it's not as good as mine. But that's not the point. The point is, faith is an imperative, right? And, And faith is an imperative. Whatever you call it, however you define it, the important thing is that you understand it's a must. It's an imperative. So, without faith, we cannot please God. Secondly, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. So, when we come to God, We must believe that he is. In other words, faith is not just a quality. It's not about you. You know, some people look at themselves. Oh, how big is my faith? How great is my faith? Uh, You know, you cannot measure faith in gallons or liters or feet or meters or inches or kilograms or pounds. No, faith is nothing. Faith looks at him. You know, when when a person says, well, I feel faith. That's wrong. You can't feel faith. You don't feel faith. Faith is a quality that looks at him. So because, you know, faith is not about you, how you feel. Some people think faith is uh, like It's it's like a mystical quality. And and, you know, you, you look at you and well, I have faith or I don't feel faith or I feel faith. That's not faith. Faith looks at God, looks at Jesus, because it says without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. So the f- first quality of faith is uh, that you can't please God without faith. The second quality is that you, when you come to God, you must believe that he is. He is means that he is right there. Not that he was. That You know, some people talk about how wonderful things God did in history. And uh, when we get to heaven, God will do wonderful things. No, faith is about now. He is. He is. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. That means that, and the wonderful thing, it actually means that Jesus is occupying the same space at the same time as I am. That means that I am sitting here in my house preaching to you and Jesus is right here at this moment in this same space at this time with me. And where you are seated or standing and listening to me teaching you, Jesus is right there at your home or wherever you are and he's occupying the same time and space as you are. That is is the other quality of faith. It says you must believe that he is. Not that he was or he shall be, but that he is. And then the third quality is that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In other words, if you seek him with all your heart, you will find him, hallelujah. That's the wonderful thing about faith. Faith isn't just looking at the past or looking at the future. And uh, I mean, it's great to look at the past and praise him for what he did in the past. And it's good to look at the future and talk about all the wonderful things. That's the hope of the gospel. But if you look at the past, the future, at the expense of the present, because you know people say, "Well, God did great things in the past, and when we get to heaven, we'll all be healed; there'll be no tears." But today, I don't know. We can't really expect much because God doesn't really do those things today. But praise God, you know, when we'll go to heaven. Now, that that's wrong. That's wrong. That's the that's that's wrong because God. It's not just that he was. Yes, he was, and he shall be. But he is. It say he is the one who was and is and is to come. So faith is that God is. That means that wherever we gather as a group or in a church or we are individuals together, wherever I am, whenever I am, or whatever place I am at or whoever is with me, Jesus is right there with me at that time. And if Jesus is right here, right now, occupying the same space and time as me, anything is possible. And that is why when we are in faith, we are always living in expectation of great things from God that he shall do for me and for my home, for my family. And you know, just before I sat down to record this, my wife and I, we sat down and I have a prayer list and we went through that and we prayed and we prayed and we always said, Lord Jesus, you are here right now. And we lift up these prayer requests and we prayed. I read through all those prayer requests for my friends. and, And it's wonderful because when we pray, we pray with an assurance that Jesus is right here in this room at this time with us. And he hears right now, hallelujah. And that is the thing that gives us a great assurance, hallelujah. So, without faith, it is impossible to please God. In other words, faith pleases God. In Swedish, That means without faith, we cannot touch him, we cannot reach him. But faith reaches and touches God. Wherever we are, whatever situation we are in, Faith always reaches and touches God without fail. And then it says, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That means that wherever I am, whenever I am, if I am diligent with all my heart to seek his presence, he will say, here I am, hallelujah. God always responds to faith. When we come to God in faith, he always responds to us. And that is an act of his grace. He said, I will never, never leave you nor forsake you. Those wonderful promises are ours. Praise God. Anyway, so this is an an introduction just to tell you that faith is an imperative and, and faith is so important for us. But let us pray together. And tomorrow we will continue on the subject of faith. Father, in the name of Jesus, I honor you, glorify you. I pray for my brothers and sisters for their homes, for their families, for your hand upon their lives. Father, if there be any sickness or disease in their homes, I curse those diseases and infirmities. I ask you, Father, to let your blessing be upon them and let them produce and uh, not produce, but bear much fruit for your glory so you be glorified to their lives in Jesus' name. Amen.